54321. Hello, children, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of the On My Dime, On Your Time podcast. I'm going to keep this intro pretty short because the episode is quite long as is. This episode is featuring Lyra. She owns a magazine, an online magazine, sorry, by the name of Costume Zine. She's based in Ukraine as well. So on her, ma- on her page, she provides an interesting perspective that's very different to, to what I knew about fashion because being from the west we have our very we have our perspective and we get into that as well during the episode i'm not going to explain too much more than that because i th- i believe she does a better job of that than i ever could on on this part um that's basically it follow me on instagram at all my dime on your time podcast and send me a dm if you there's if there's any guests you'd like me to have on and yeah that's pretty much it enjoy the episode all right. So, how did you initially like get interested into fashion? And um, I think like subconsciously, I was always into fashion. I just didn't really realize that I was attracted to this field. Um, I mean, the very huge interest started to appear when I was like kind of 17, uh, 16, 17, I would say. Before that, I was really, really interested into art, music, and sociology. And when I started to like research more about fashion, I just realized that how everything is interconnected. And still like in all of my texts and my interest basically in fashion is very like sociology related because I want to have like a broader meaning of how it affects like the perception of like psychology, like sociology, like everything social basically. Also, like when I was younger, I was very like introverted person and I'm still an introvert. And it was very like hard for me to kind of hit up people, talk to them, like kind of deliver my uh, opinions on something verbally. And by that time, when I was like 14, 15, I figured out that I can like shout out something just by dressing and always like connect to people who are on the same dimension as me, basically. And yeah, that, that, that was my point of like being interested in fashion. Then um, maybe because my, of my experience in business administration in Switzerland, I realized that I'm a very creative person and cannot really associate myself with like finance and uh, related like fields. And I realized that if I want to be happy, like in my life, like be happy with myself and with like what I do, be actually like appreciate my own work and be proud of my own work. The only field I can like have this sentiment is fashion. And yeah, it's basically it's basically how how I got into fashion, why it interests interests me. Also, I feel like like through fa- fashion is just the lens of like understanding like what's going on in the world like in a huge scale i'm also very into like diversity point um i'm always like i was reading a lot of books about fashion because it interests me in the first place try to like understand it and fashion is still very like eurocentric uh like the concept of fashion was basically born in in europe and it kind of prospered in europe but what about other countries? And since before, like moving to Switzerland, I already knew some cool designers who are not Western and who are doing amazing job, like who are doing great designs and speaking very like strong messages by their designs. Uh, I was like thinking, why fashion is still like so Eurocentric? And still, like, as a journalist, I want to promote people who are not necessarily coming from, like, West country, but who have this, like, deep passion of fashion, like, who also, like, speak something political in the way they dress or the way they analyze fashion. And I think probably, like, you uh, contacted me because you saw this interview with uh, Ayo. The, the 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 fashion archive I, I suppose so I don't know maybe maybe it was something different but my my main goal is to connect to as many people as possible and I'm I must admire those people so with Adonayo the situation was that I've been watching his channel for quite a while now and 
I was just, oh my gosh, it's like, it's the only person on YouTube who does such an amazing thing. He talks so like objectively about passion that you basically, even if you are interested in it and you know a lot of information by yourself, you just learn from him because he does his research. He makes a good commentary and I think he's a brilliant person. That's why I connected to him and like we organized this interview and then I wrote an article. The same just, just with people who are doing great stuff and I can somehow connect it to fashion, I'll like, I'll write about it. Like one of my best friends, she's doing like a great photography and like from a psychology point of view, it was cool to like combine the fashion and what she does because she photographs her naked friends basically. And I was speaking in that article, I was speaking about how fashion gives us hints about someone's character. But what about the person who, for example, um, shoots her friends naked and you have no clothes. You cannot like tell about their character by clothes, but still you can kind of see uh, the, the personage, like, I mean, what, how they are. Also, uh, some like st I've been doing uh, articles about the Ukrainian startup Dress X. It's like you, it's Ukrainian woman. Uh, she's called Daria Shapoval, and she was like the pioneer of like Key Fashion Week, like the Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week in Ukraine. And she kind of contributed a lot to like our scene here in Ukraine. And recently, like in in December, I think 2019, she started her digital fashion startup. So she's basically kind of doing the like the digital fashion farfetch. She takes all of the like Ukrainian designers, so designers she admires, and asks them to to put uh, to put it in like in digital format, like 3D fashion and blah blah blah. And she kind of pushes that sustainability, like digital, like that influencers can buy digital outfits and flaunt them on their social media. They don't need to buy like cheap. Uh, clothes and throw them the next day so she inspired me also a lot uh, in this point that's why like I was writing about her also just a girl who sells like European magazines uh, sorry I just have this um, <laughs> this background noise sorry about it um, like she basically in Ukraine we don't have any like fashion magazines it's like, and for me, it was a bit of a shock when I came back to Ukraine. I realized that it's not that easy to, to, to read what I want to read, like to touch the print fashion magazine. And randomly on Instagram, I found the girl who sells those magazines. She has like her website and the, the Insta shop. And I was buying a magazines from her. And then I'm like, hey, what do you think? Why we don't have those magazines in Ukraine? What's your, what's your viewpoint on it? And she's like, yeah, let's organize something like stock. And I wrote an article about it. So my, my interest in fashion is based basically on how fashion affects society. Like as something very material, because you can, you can admire clothes in like a material sense of it. You admire you like people who are stylish. You like how people present themselves when they wear clothes. But fashion is not only about the material side it's also about like speaking something which is much more important as ethnics as diversity as sustainability as like the accessibility for particular people to be in fashion and to admire it because in ukraine yeah we do have a lot of fashionable people in ukraine and maybe because we are from a poor country and it's a way of like self-expressing um I mean, at the end of the day, fashion tells you a lot about different people, about different demographics, about what's going in the world. And that's basically why I'm interested in fashion, why I find it as a medium to, to talk about what I want to talk, like as I explained. And yeah, that's, that, that's basically why. Amazing. Awesome. Uh, you mentioned like a few of your friends that inspire you, like in terms of like like the way that like into like that inspire you, like for lack of better words. Like who else inspire? Who else or like what else inspires you? Like in terms of like content creation, maybe like a few in terms of business and maybe like some designers as well. Uh, okay, so in terms of designers, I would outline um, Biden editions. 
it's a very simple like brand i don't know if you know about them um they are basically they've been it's a couple uh they've been studying in um in antwerp in belgium and they started this like celine like brand which i really like because i mean their background like what they try to talk is very cinematic and i'm also like into into cinema and i don't know just when they do a collection i see the reference in it I'm also a huge fan of Anton Belinsky. It's the Ukrainian designer, like based in Kiev. He kind of promotes uh, the Ukrainian kitsch um, vibes into the fashion world, and she's normal. He's normally showing uh, on the Paris Fashion Week. He's like on the schedule, and he really like talks about Ukrainian use. Takes a lot of, a lot of references from Ukrainian use. His models are just like Instagram people, like Instagram use community that it's based like here in Kiev. And I admire that he's kind of pushing that creative aspect of, of people of my age based in Ukraine. And since I've been living in like in Switzerland for five years now, and I just recently came back, I always felt nostalgic and it kind of made me to... Um, Re, how to sing resync my own identity and I, my own nationality and his designs speak to me because of how he presents Ukrainian nationality um, I also like uh, this girl and she's studying in CSM her name is Alexandra Sipa and she's Romanian uh, she did this like also kitsch Romanian collection uh, where she just took um, the wires, you know, like the wires and basically trash and she made the beautiful like dresses out of it. And she also speaks about this like post-Soviet kitsch identity. And I really admire her work. I hope in the future I will contact her and she would agree to like talk to me about her inspirations and her like view on what she does. Uh, I'm also a big fan of Mova Lola. She's doing amazing job and she just skyrocketed in fashion world. I think every fashion geek just opens his or her mouth when she sees what she does. And she's also political at the end of the day. And as you understood already, I like uh, when people do political and socially conscious designs. Um, who else, who else? I don't really want to, to talk like about very like famous brands like Margiela. I'm very huge fan of Margiela, but I don't think it's really necessary to explain why I like it and uh, what attracts me to this brand. Cause I mean, people know what it is and what kind of message it delivers. I really want to, to concentrate my interest and my admiration for young people who are just starting out, who are just figuring out what they should do in this like world of fashion. Also, Botter Paris. Uh, it's also a couple. Um, they do they do their brand, which is also very creative, very diverse. They also speak about sustainability a lot. And uh, I mean, their designs are just you know, it's not that they're very extravagant in a way. It's just the clothes that you can really wear like outside, but it speaks a message. So yeah, I would at this moment of time, I would outline those brands and those designers, but I don't want to stick to one because to my point of view, uh, there is no point of saying, yeah, I'm a fan of this, of that, of that, of that, of that, because like maybe tomorrow there would be like one designer that just breaks all the rules and he or she is the new Margiela and what's then I want to, to keep my eyes open like to to look on everything that's going on in the world and don't want to stick yeah that's my that's my favorite I have preferences I would say I have preferences and people whom I admire but not yeah my favorite creative is this or that my favorite designer is this and that yeah and also I'm a huge fan of Ibrahim Kamara, like uh, in terms of crea creative direction, I'm a huge fan of what he does. 
and I think he well deserves to be like editor in chief of uh, Dazed. Like he does an amazing job, and it just blows your mind what he does. And again, he's very political. So yeah, it's basically people uh, whom whom I would outline um, at the moment. Definitely, that's that's a good list though. It's on. It's honestly a good list. I I've asked a couple of people this question. They give you like simple, like basic answers. Like, oh, I like Rick. I like Margella. I like Ray. Like yeah. you gave some like interesting designers that I'm definitely gonna research after we're done here. Um, yeah, um, like I appreciate those designers like Ray and Rick, but at the end of the day, like everybody knows about them. And I mean, if you are into fashion you want it or you don't want it you will know about them you like it you don't like it you you will know about them and i think there is no point is in discussing them and how amazing they are because they definitely are amazing but what what about the people who just started out and like you you don't know where they will be in 10 years mm -hmm. and the work they do right now is much more relevant and much more impressionate and much more like strong than some of the some of the great designers that that existed for decades now definitely i've seen a lot of like arguments online that rick, like rick for example is becoming sort of watered down in a sense and like i'm, I'm not i'm not sure but yeah i've been hearing that as well so it is interesting that you're highlighting new mm -hmm. designers as well because that's newer it's more fresh mm -hmm. and stuff like that it's not the medium i really want to do but writing um, writing and doing like the articles, basically like uh, the, the medium of text um, attracted me because when I was young, when I was like studying in the, in the school, secondary school in Ukraine, I was always going to this like um, Olympiads, concours, if you speak, uh, if you speak French, like where you basically show your language skills where you create some stories like some fairy tales i was going to these kind of like um, competitions when i was young it's really good in in english when i was a kid still in ukraine uh, i was good in spanish and in french and as an introvert it's easier for me to put what i think on the paper or like on my laptop rather than like have a live conversation of course with every person uh, whom I'm featuring on my website, I talk to them, I contact them via Zoom and we have like a discussion, we talk, but then like I recorded and then from recording, I create this article that's very informative, but skips all of those awkward moments that can come from both sides. Like for me, for me it's the medium that um, I'm, I'm the strongest at this medium, I would say. That's that's why I choose. Why I decided to do this like blog, this website, is because when I came back to to Ukraine in August, I realized that my knowledge of fashion is very broad, and I have something to say. As like it was very like I was not pitching to any like um, magazine or any publication neither in Ukraine nor in uh, like abroad. I decided that I want to create my platform where I'll just have a space to put what I think, like to talk to people and put what I think. If it reaches someone out there in the world, I would be just happy. But at the end of the day, I'm doing it for myself. Also, since I want to enter CSM and I realized that all of my background is in business and I've never worked in fashion and I have no, like professionally wise, I have no relation to fashion. I decided to really uh, put as much effort as I can to um, develop my own platform and present it as a portfolio for entering this, the, the, the university. And yeah, that's, that's basically the reason why I do um, I do online mag online zine uh, as opposed to YouTube channel to podcast or to Insta blog. Mm -hmm. When you say like awkward moments, like in interviews mm -hmm. and stuff, like what are you referring to? I'm just trying, I'm just thinking of like the podcast that I've made. And I'm just thinking mm -hmm. if I've left any of those in there or anything. So like, what do you? Um, I don't know. Just I sometimes I cringe when there is like an awkward moment of silence or. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I cringe because of my accent. Still, like I'm Ukrainian and I have this like Russian, R R Russian, Russian-speaking accent, and 
I don't know, maybe just like some personal things. I don't know, maybe I'm just uh, taking it, like making extra of it. But yeah, it just because, because I do it in English and I write better than I speak in a way, I always have a, a moment to check like if it's right, if it's correct. It's, since it's not my mother tongue, um, I just know, maybe, maybe because I'm shy of my accent, maybe because I'm shy of the moment of silence, maybe I'm shy because I pronunciate the, the, the world in, in a different manner and I'm taking it like to, to I'm making a huge buzz of it. That's why, that's why basically I refer to the, the awkward moment of uh, having a conversation. Definitely. I'd like to argue that you're equally proficient in speaking and in writing, first of all. So definitely, like, I, I do think you should consider it in the future, like start, like just even just like highlighting a few designers that you'd like, you can speak about them like yourself, just be like, okay, I, I enjoy this and this about the show, they're political in this way. I think that would be really interesting because you provide an interesting perspective than like everyone in the West does. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely maybe in the future I'll start out a channel on YouTube. Um, so like with friends, also connect to people and do something like the video calls and just like have a discussion basically about particular designers. Uh, but uh, like, I don't know, we just the future plans future plans still i need to concentrate on the website in the first place on on the thing of how i write and how how my writing style develops and grows and then uh, if everything is going to be good and i feel like i have enough energy and enough um i don't know enough time and enough uh, strength to show my face and just talk for example, for 20 minutes on YouTube without awkward pauses or without like me pronunciating something in the wrong manner. Maybe yes, but just the future plans. I hope, I hope. I hope so too. It comes with practice as well. I don't mean to like tell you like how to do things. I don't even know what I'm doing here, but like it comes <laughs> with practice. Right? Like, yeah. I, like, like the first episodes and like the second episodes that I made, they were really, really bad. Like, like I'd be like, I'd be have awkward pause. I'd use like filler words and stuff. And it was just the most awkward thing. But now like I'm like 20, some like 15, 20 episodes in and I'm like, I'm fairly comfortable on camera. It's like I'm talking to a friend of mine. Yeah. Practice. Yeah. I would like definitely recommend it. Um, This is kind of just a question for me as well, because I really mm -hmm. admire like, like I really admire like interviewers because mm -hmm each person has a different style of questions and there's some of it's mm -hmm. like very basic like a lot of the interviews that i've like seen from like some designers or influencers that i enjoy like mm -hmm. content, it's very basic questions like mm -hmm. okay how like who were your favorite designers how do you style jeans like very mm -hmm. basic simple questions but when i was looking at your um your website you have very like deep intellectual questions and that's like mm -hmm. a level that i would like to achieve with this podcast so like mm -hmm. If you don't mind, would you like, would you mind telling me your process with coming up with good mm -hmm. questions to ask the individual? That you um, so basically, um, as I told you, uh, I interview people whom I admire and of like, I'm a fan of those people, no matter famous they are or not, they just inspire me. And I try to research as much as, as, much as possible about those people. I feel like it's very wrong when you want to write and you want to feature someone on your platform, but you have no knowledge about them. It's like uh, you don't know what they do, how they are, and you ask like, yeah, but why do you like fashion? I mean, already, if the platform is about fashion, of course, I mean, it's a very basic question to ask. So um, I, I try to research uh, I try to understand what I want to take out of this conversation. And then I kind of uh, lead it to the way, like I start from, the, like, for example, with Ayo, like I read some articles that he did. I, I researched his website. I researched what he posted already before that. I was following his channel. So I kind of know his manner of presenting information. And I outlined what interested me in his work and why I want to talk to him. Like I asked my those, my, myself those questions 
and then it just went from from there like i understood what i want to learn from this person what i want to understand in his work and what is his viewpoint on this and that because he of course knows and ha has his viewpoint uh on people for example with the girl that sells magazines and like i didn't know how she looks like i didn't know like who she is what she does so i trying to understand what i want to know about her and like why she does what she does what brought her to the point of doing it uh, and then it just goes as the normal conversation and i outline the questions from the conversation because i didn't have enough information to research who she is and what she does so she told me during the conversation we had here in kiev like with the coffee and then i wrote an article about it my close friend uh, who does photography uh, i know her for five years so i kind of know her background for a bit i know that she does cinematography that she's photographing but in that type of interview i really wanted to dig deeper in her understanding of photography of cinematography of what recommendations around that topic she can give uh, what she thinks about like costume design because I write about fashion and I think the costume design is really underrated in uh, like cinematography like everyone talks about the plot uh, the characters like what basically what's going on in the film but no one concentrates on how um, clothes can um, say something about the character and the plot and i wanted to look to basically know more about her thoughts on it like she does documentaries and i was interested if sometime the i mean the look of the person can affect what she delivers because she does very political thing about like homeless people and about some religious fanatics that like she's very crazy in what she does but i wanted to realize if if clothes help her to deliver like uh, the problem of homelessness in ukraine or if uh, like um, clothes help her deliver um, some viewpoints on uh, like religious fanatics or like someone like some marginalized very marginalized very i, I don't know how to say the community is basically no one wants to talk about and yeah you just learn from people you uh they open your eyes you just you know just pause and you're like oh my god i never looked at it from that angle like i never perceived that uh for example the way um someone dressed and he's homeless can like tell about his background and why he became homeless you know i never like looked and thought about uh, those like matters and yeah it's basically advice that i can give you is just no matter what just try to stick to someone like to something in the the person you want to like interview like if you have a if you see if you observe a pattern that continues in the way they talk about fashion or in the way they present themselves just go for it and ask like why 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 do they do what they do is just it's not really for me every conversation that i had so far it was not really about fashion it wasn't about fashion in a way but it was also about getting to know a person more like understand like what made them do it and when for example Odunaya talked about how uh, how it was hard for him as an Nigerian guy to really be into fashion and to do like some other degree than fashion and then you kind of correlate it because you correlate it to your own experience because I mean Ukraine and fashion and art is also not regarded and you just find this like touching point and you develop the 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 thing then you ask like he was talking a lot about Alexander McQueen and as like the question popped up in my head like what he thinks about mental health because you can ask what collection of alexander mcqueen he likes the most but i didn't feel like that was the question that i want to ask i wanted to ask him more like 
grand, grander picture, grander like issue that's that's going on. Yeah, that's basically that. That's basically how I come up with questions. I research a lot. I observe the person. Like I admire their work, and I try to to find the patterns that they do, and ask myself question what I want to learn from this person what I want to know from them that can influence my way of thinking and can make me more open-minded and uh, like educated so yeah absolutely I, I would assume and forgive me if I'm wrong that's kind of what like pushed you away from like contacting other like larger press companies because with that I, I, I would assume that you wouldn't be able to ask all of the questions that you would maybe want to ask Yes, 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 yes. It's also because when I write an article, um, as a journalist, I realize that um, I'm talking about someone and I'm delivering something through the lens of the other person. So I really need to be neutral in the way. So I'm not mixing that much of my own interests. If it's an interview, if it's the article, like the, the, the feature article, of course, I put out my thoughts, but um, I would never permit myself to post something without the person confirming if they are okay with it. So normally when I finish the article and I feel like I want it to be that way, I would 100% send it to, the, to my interviewee and say, hey, uh, what's up? We had this interview. If everything's okay for you, is there something that I'm saying you are not agreeing with or maybe I misunderstood? So it's just the act of politeness, first of all. And then second of all, you are not writing about yourself. You are writing about the person whom you admire. And they need to be like, they need to agree how you present them, them you know. So for me, it's very like important. And I realized that when you connect to people who are very like influential, the only type of questions that you can ask them is like basically the questions that you see in every famous publication because either their contracts or their PR agencies or whatsoever, there's always a barrier and something that you cannot go. And I don't know, I also feel like I'm not in the position yet to really contact and reach out famous people and it's not on my priority list. Maybe in the future when my, my channel is much more developed and I interviewed hundreds of people and I educated myself, I really refined the skill of interviewing, maybe then uh, I will contact someone like that. But at the moment, I really want to, to talk uh, and connect with people who share my interest, who have something interesting to say and whom, who I believe should be watched about uh, who, who should be watched about more like people like the audience for example in ukraine there are not so many people who knows who's odunayo and i felt the responsibility and uh, i mean i just wanted genuinely to to introduce people in ukraine to what he does because maybe they can learn from him too and yeah that's basically that's basically why I don't contact uh, other publications or whatsoever. Like my, um, I have a lot of future plans for like what I want to write about, and I find my interviewees on on Instagram or just like through mutual connections or just random people whom I admire, and then I observe them, and then. Uh, if I'm not scared to 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 reach them out, I'll, I I do that. So I found this guy, and he does uh, like raves in Donbas, and Donbas is still like the war zone in Ukraine after the conflict of 2014, and they're basically creating hedonism in like a chaos area, and I admire his work, and it's not like about. It's about fashion, like raves are about fashion, but from a very, very like different angle. And since I don't talk only about fashion, but about culture, I felt a need and a responsibility to like feature him on my article. And yeah, this, this is basically how I come up with ideas, what I want to write about. Like it doesn't make sense to write about, I don't know, Rick Owens because 
there are so many stories about him and there are people who actually talked to him and interviewed him. Why should I like cover what he does and like his, uh, I don't know, his creation or his viewpoint? And I will be in the position to ask them out myself and to talk to them. And yeah, that would be great. But I don't feel like I'm in a position to write about these people. I, if, if it was the YouTube format, Uh, definitely I can talk about them, definitely I can create like the educational video, but in writing aspect, I don't think it's necessary as much. I think for people in general, it's, it's, it's much more interesting to learn about something they were not even aware of or never heard of than like to, to hear something they heard like 100 times already, but just from a different angle. And yeah, that's basically, that's basically why I talk about ballrooms in Kiev, why I talk about some girl that sells magazine, because people are not aware, basically, that we are having ballroom scene or we have no fashion magazines that, that we can buy in Ukraine. I mean, it's much more, it, it, it educates the audience and it makes them learn that, yeah, there are some problems in Ukraine uh, regarding um, LGBT community or a simple access to the fashion publication any european can can buy in every like kiosk it's basically yeah it's basically why why i do what i do and why i don't reach out to to people who are in the like grand positions um in the mission statement on the costume magazine website you said like and i, I hope i have this quote correctly said costume is eager to look at the fashion look at fashion through the lens of a non-western perspective what are some of the differences that you've seen from like the western perspective of fashion and like the eastern european perspective um i would say that in eastern europe uh, people are much more poor uh, than in west and not everybody has a possibility to uh, be into fashion. But the thing is that the use is very progressive and they can look stylish uh, with the garbage. Like they go to secondhand shops and they look more stylish than people who are sitting on the first rows of runaways. And that's the first point that out of anything, they can do something. And Anton Belinsky, this Ukrainian designer, He had the collection, I think, in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. It's basically, they were like very sporty like pieces and it was written poor but cool. And I think it speaks a lot about Eastern Europe and Ukraine in particular, that even though we are poor and even though youth doesn't have that much money or like jobs basically that secure their interest in fashion, they still look fabulous they still know how to present themselves they're still very educated on fashion and what's going on and yeah it's um, it's basically one aspect the other aspect is that again fashion is very eurocentric uh, like instance so now in ukraine fashion industry and fashion industry interest is high but what for example before the independence of ukraine it was like everyone looked the same it was like these um, post-soviet vibes that ruchinsky channeled and lotta volkova channeled yeah they kind of retransformed how it looked yeah it basically looked <laughs> like uh, the looked like balenciaga and but more of them gvasalia but at the end of the day uh, we didn't have uh, access to all of it We didn't have information, we didn't have, like, we didn't know anything about it. And people in the West were much more educated and much more richer to consume fashion, to be interested in it. In our, in our region, it was, not, it was like a luxury, you know, and you will never spend your time in, on a luxury if you are poor, you know. You, you, fashion is like an extravagancy you will spend your time on it and you will educate your, yourself on it only if you are in a privileged position and uh, yeah that's basically how i still regard west and east very different from that and it comes to also um, to the to the point of cultural appropriation because 
since uh, fashion was born in Europe and is a very European notion. Uh, I think at that moment, it just kind of doesn't know what to do anymore. And it just robs other cultures and presents it to the European consumer. And European consumers are not necessarily eager to educate themselves on where is this inspiration come from, like where, how it forms, what made a designer do it. And I think in Europe, people are much more educated and much more eager to learn like what, why he or she as a designer does that. In the West, people are just, um, I don't know, the level of consumerism in the West is much more higher because there are more options, there are more possibilities, the, the, the life is more secure than in a non-West world. And I'm not talking only about Ukraine. I'm talking about like third world countries, um, second world countries. Um, basically, we... Uh, like imagine, like I, I talk from my perspective, from Ukrainian perspective, like imagine you remember your like granny or your grandfather like dressing a particular way, which is like, which you find very kitsch, which you find like, oh my God, what is that look? And then um, there is someone who does it, like Kosha Rubczynski, who's Russian, or Demnak Vasalia, who's Georgian. And they channel the same vibe, like they channel some historical aspects and they're in the right position to do it because they come from the region. They know what they talk about. But when you see some random girls or some random boys who are wearing Gosha Rubczynski or who are wearing Damna Gvasalia and they don't understand uh, how difficult it was for people to live at the period uh, of, know, of history that you find in Damna Gvasalia collections, and they just hyped, yeah, 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 post-Soviet is so cool. But at the end of the day, why don't you come to post-Soviet country and just live here for a month and kind of experience it yourself? And it always kind of pisses me off in people when people just, yeah, it looks like design-wise and aesthetically-wise, it looked different, it looked cool, and it really channeled uh, this post-Soviet vibe. Don't hype yourself too much about something if you don't have any experience or if you're not eager to educate yourself like on what's what what, what went on in that region. And yeah, I think um, yeah, I think I formed my um, my answer. Yeah, perfect. I'm not sure which video this was that I was watching. I think it might have been on on Adonaio's channel or like a different channel. But they were saying that the, the turnover rates between fashion in like in like the West and in the East. I don't remember the exact figures, but it was insane the difference in the turnover. Like the Western the Western like idea of fashion is definitely more trend driven, and you did touch on that as well. So I agree 100. percent For us, you know, it's again um, another chance of speaking about your identity. And people really, they work hard and they spend all of their money on just looking good, you know. And it's also, I don't know how to explain. It's also in a way strange because uh, they should not invest that much of their like um, finances into it, but they still do it and they look amazing. Uh, like they channel, they, I don't know why, but just aesthetically wise in Eastern Europe, people can dress so wild and so like inspiring that it's rare. It, it was rare for me to find that level of style, for example, in Switzerland, where I lived for five years, just again, uh, touches the mentality and the priorities. So yeah, basically I, I look at the topic of difference, I look, I look at it like that. And that's why I mentioned on my website that I'm looking from a non-Western pers perspective because I'm not from the West. And um, I want to, to put all of my experiences with fashion that I had before and kind of attach them to my text. It's like, yeah, uh, I feel like Damna or 
Lotta Aku, but I'm not gonna write about them because, like, I understand what they do. It's like, I, it's no point for me. I want to understand more African designers. I want to understand Latino designers. I want to understand Indonesian designers. I mean, I don't want to talk about, um, I don't want to talk about Western designers who are very often monetized on something non-Western. Stepping a little bit away from fashion here, uh, do you have any advice for some for individuals like for productivity during like the modern age where like distractions are everywhere, or maybe like during the pandemic as well? Um, I would say that people are very like they are putting too much on their plate and they are trying to be overproductive, and I think it's the first enemy of creativity and really process because in order to in order to in order for having a brilliant idea or in order to be like creative um, people need to pause like they need to be like a still water and then when you are in, like a still water normally some enlightenments i mean about fashion or new ideas they reach you can never reach you in the hectic like vibes so during pandemic and during this stress stress times people really need to understand that you don't owe anything to anyone. And even if you are having your blog, but you feel that you are stressed and you just push it because, yeah, I have a responsibility of my blog, don't push yourself because at the end, your work will not be so good. Just rest, meditate, research, read, uh, try to look at different aspects uh, from different angles. Try to educate yourself. Try to meet with different people online and discuss some topics. And then brilliant ideas. Uh, first of all, your voice and what you want to deliver in fashion will reach you. It will never reach you if, if you are stressed uh, at so many places at one time, uh, just uh, trying to be super over hyper productive. Don't do it because the result won't be won't be that good. I can talk I can talk from my own experience. It's better better to take your time and better to like analyze, to research more, relax and do everything with love. Not with the responsibility yeah, I must deliver, just with responsibility I want to share uh, to, to make it greater than just this or that would be my greatest advice do everything with love to yourself and with love to what you do in fashion definitely yeah, i feel like both extremes of that are like really toxic like doing not like doing absolutely nothing in your field mm -hmm. and then like like i don't know if you know about like hustle culture like it's a yeah. Thing in the US. Yeah, yeah yeah both of them are extremely toxic it's like if you're in the middle of that mm -hmm. you're in a good spot i think yeah definitely like you're, you're you're very busy like obviously i can tell that so like what are some of the practices that you do to like i don't know to kind of like relax after like a long day of, of work maybe or like yeah some of like those like practices that you do like to ensure productivity um, i just watch some videos on youtube i mean binge watch that's it's not really that i'm concentrating on it too much i try to listen to music uh, try to just meditate, uh, I don't know, just to read. You know, sometimes I'm also surprised uh, with the fact that I really want to consume or put every minute of my life into learning something new, but then I understand that it's just not physically possible. And yeah, I just, I just try to watch something, in, maybe sometimes even foolish or entertaining just to, you know, just to relax my mind. Um, also, if there is no like COVID or the lockdowns and stuff, I just meet with my friends, have different like type of conversation. Don't talk about fashion, talk about something else. And I have a very great community of friends. Like, well, one of my friends, he's like an interior designer. And then he, he talks a lot about that. And you, you just learn and you correlate. It's just... Basically, um, in order to calm down your mind and kind of go out of your box, of your like circle of interests, 
you need to indulge into other aspects of life even if you want to relax you can cook something for yourself and like learn something out of it or just try to be in the moment and enjoy like what's going on around just stop for a minute and just try to observe what's going on in the in the the world around you like uh, look at people on the street how they are dressed or how their manners are or like just um I don't know, just to just be calm. Like, what is yours will never be taken uh, off you. Like, that's for sure. Like, people cannot steal what what is yours. Like, people cannot steal your viewpoints of fashion or on other topics. It's like, it sticks to you. And if it's the opinion that you created and your viewpoint, like, gathered by experiences, research, or just basically your, I don't know, reflections, then it's yours so you don't need to worry in any case be you a fashion designer or stylist or photographer or journalist or like even if you're making podcasts or just writing uh, some zine you know like people cannot take off your opinion like people cannot uh, rob you of your opinions so there is no really uh a rush and there is no need to be scared of being not overproductive because if you feel like you have something to say you will always have a chance to say that no matter what and this rush this hustle culture it just again underlines this over informational age where people don't stop, don't pause, and don't look at things properly. And, for example, if you are writing, like there are hundreds of people who wrote article about, Rick, let's say, Rick Owens, and you just scroll your feed because you really want to know everything was going on. And then you see, um, then you see an article about an obscure designer from, I don't know, China. And of course, it would be much more interesting for you to, to look at this type of information because at the end of the day, it teaches you something. It's, uh, it delivers you some, some new information, some food for thoughts. And yeah, basically my, uh, my opinion on that. Absolutely. Um, when you say like meditate, like when you say like you meditate, what's your like meditative practice? Because like I've, I've been experimenting, I've been experimenting with meditation for the past couple of months. And like what I do, I just like sit mm. for 10 minutes, try and quiet the mind and just like focus on my breathing. And it's like, it's kind of tough, but like I'm slowly getting better. I'm seeing like marginal gains and stuff. So what do you, what do you what's your meditative uh, Sometimes I meditate with like the meditative music. I don't know. It's like all this uh, kind of Buddhist music, <laughs> type of music. Uh, but also I meditate without music. So I try to um, kind of channel my body from my toes to my head. So try to understand what I feel in every like part of my body. And it really, um, because you concentrate all of your uh, attention on the bodily sensation, like the thoughts, they kind of go. But it takes a lot of practice and it's not going to happen from the first time. We really need to put effort. And meditation is like, a, um, you need to be master of it. You need to master this art for like so much like time. It's not coming from the, the first. Uh, again, uh, concentrate on the breath and just start breathing like, you know, from your um, belly, like there are three types of breathing, like from your belly, from lungs, and just the upper breathing. I don't know how to explain it, honestly, in English. So since uh, breathing from the belly uh, is like the, mo the, the, the best for your body and the best for the meditation, you really need to practice how to breathe that way. And when you do it for, like, when you do it continuously, when you practice this breathing um, act continuously in your meditation, you understand that it um, it gets you an it gives you an opportunity uh, to meditate and just get rid of your thoughts like much quicker than any other than any other type. Absolutely. So med meditating is um, a thing of practice, and 
it should be continuous. So yeah. Um, that's that's pretty much all the questions I have here. What are some upcoming projects that we can expect from you in the future? Um, I will reach out to some amazing people, at least to me, awesome. who I find really cool. Um, most of them are not based in Europe. Some of them are Ukrainian. Uh, some of them are from post-Soviet countries. I've been also thinking about bringing some fashion books in English to Kiev and like do my, uh, just give people a chance to, to read those books. Um, but that's just a very abstract plan, just an idea. I cannot really say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that like in six years or in six months. Uh, just very abstract idea. Uh, maybe in the future, in the future, YouTube channel as well. Um, also, um, my friend, one of my close friends, she works at the modeling ag agency here in Kiev. And we are planning to do together like core partners to create our like styling bureau, as we okay. call it. Okay. So we want to we want to try ourselves also in the styling a bit. And I also tailor um, a lot of clothes for myself. I have an amazing uh, woman uh, in my hometown and she's the master of tailoring. I mean, she did a lot of pieces for myself and maybe I will do uh, just tailored suits because she did a lot of tailored suits to me and they look pretty good. And I admire um, her skillfulness and her vision kind of correlates uh, with how I see things in tailoring matter so maybe I will um, I will do some clothes beautiful beautiful um, do you have any book recommendations for me or for the audience as well um, I would recommend like I'm reading this book about uh, Schiparelli and Prada it's called impossible conversation yeah conversations and they are making like yeah, basically, the book um, analyzes both designers and makes the, the intersection between them both. It's a very good piece of writing. Also, um, Fashion and Psychoanalysis by Alison Bradford, if I'm not mistaken with her surname. It's a really cool uh, fashion book in the first place that makes you step out of uh, fashion box and learn more about fashion. She wrote about Galliano and Alexander McQueen, and she um, correlated it with some psychology terms and really like theoretical stuff uh, of psychology. Um, it's very great book, like very great book. Suggest you to read it. I, I can send it afterwards uh, to you, like if you want to, because be I may great. be mistake. Yeah, I may be mistaked with the surnames. Also, I'm a big fan of Vestoy magazine. Uh, yeah. If you, yeah, I think it's a great piece of reading, and what they do in fashion uh, is amazing. And in sociology, uh, also, let me let me think. Um, there is this book, uh, Champagne Supernovas. It's again about uh, Kate Moss and Alexander McQueen and John Galliano, if I'm not mistaken. It was a good piece of writing. It talks a lot about these Harry and Chick of 90s and it's a good um, read. Also, 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 there is one um, theory book which talks about the decolonization of fashion. It's published under some Austrian university, but I don't remember the name. I'll probably send it, but it's also, um, it talks a lot in this Eurocentric vibe mm -hmm. and it educates you a lot about fashion, but about fashion of 18th century uh about colonized countries and fashion in their region and yeah it's also a very good piece of writing i would say beautiful, beautiful. i really i really read a lot of like academic stuff i don't know why i'm so attracted to it but 
I really enjoy like learning it um, from academia, like from academia materials. So yeah, basically every book that I said is more or less academia, unless um, fashion uh, champagne supernovas. Okay, beautiful. I'm definitely gonna check some of those out. Absolutely, and I'll put them in the um, in the show notes of the podcast as well, so any of like the listeners can yeah. check those out as well uh yeah that's that's pretty much it so like where can the people find you so my website name is uh, media. uh instagram page is costumezine it's the same it's written the same way as uh, the website uh, but with zine um you can see some posts about the articles and some like mood board content i mean some things in fashion the visual things in fashion that inspire me and yeah basically instagram page is mood board and uh, like to make you learn what type of articles you can see on my on the website itself absolutely perfect all right thank you so much for taking the time i really appreciate i really no enjoyed problem. this interview it's going to be lots of value here for for the audience as well it's going to be great no problem at all absolutely awesome